shall begin. Hello and welcome back to the bi-weekly lecture series with Red T, the show where we talk a topic per session with some practical lesson. This week's topic, this bi-weekly week's topic is chosen from birth to fix the earth. We're going to talk about what that means. Sources from Safari unless otherwise noted. Look out for the points to carry over those PTCs which are bolded, underlined, italicized, which we'll see throughout our session together. And all my shirim are on shirinjoyment.com slash shirim slash shirim dash rev dash t. Shout out to Jake W for all his hard work. We have a couple of series that we work on. One of them is about to finish the BTL. We still have the audio daily dose of DAF and we'll come back with the PAL soon. And of course, this wonderful lecture, Bleeneder and Mirza Shem, will continue. Feel free to email at rev t at shirinjoyment.com. Dedicated for the referral shlema of a few people, including Sarah Adel Bas Leah Shlomo Ben Sarah Dina Sarah Leah Bas Esther, and all those sick with Corona or other ailments. If we look around us, what in the world is going on these days? Can we just take a moment and see around us, really looking at what is happening as it stands right now? The world is in a really bad place. The morals of the world seem to be so lacking, so much fighting, so much argument around. There's uprising and violence in the movements around the country, around the world. There's hatred all over the place, and there's much unrest, general unrest, throughout the entire globe. The pandemic additionally also made the world go upside down all these months, leading to so much chaos, so much confusion in the entire world. But what can we do about this? How can we help to stop the mess and reassess what's going on and the rest? The idea is for Tikkun Olam, for fixing the world, fixing the earth. That's what we could do to put in our part to help the world. We were chosen by Hashem. We were the Am HaNivchar since many, many moons ago to do just that, to bring light into darkness, bringing the world to goodness, restoring faith in humanity. We're the ones to bring morality to the world, bringing the conscience to the body and the mind, which even our enemy, Yamach Shemal, realized in World War II. We'll talk about that a little later. We weren't chosen to be better than anyone else, God forbid, quote-unquote, better, or to be more superior than anyone else, quote-unquote, God forbid, we were chosen to make the world a better place as our mission and our life mantra. But how do we do that? How can we go about such an idea? We have to use our ethics and ideals espoused by the Torah, by Hashem with chesed, with mitzvot, and making many kiddush Hashems. We must use our talents as well to make the world better, whether you use your words, whether you use your writing or your voice, whatever talent you have, whatever wonderful aspects you have that Hashem gave you, you must use, you must use to make the world influence to be a better place. We have to fix the world, change the world one act at a time. We should leave the world a better place than we came in after 120 years. If we could say that the world is a better place than when we left it, that would be a wonderful thing. We should be able to say, after our time in this world, the world is better off having known us and having hosted us. Then we know we accomplished something great in the time we're given on this earth, in this world. And I feel that a practical way to do this, a simple way to do that, is to be involved in the actual doing of things. There's no better feeling, in my humble opinion, to see the world become more brighter, more light, and more cheerful than when involved in hands-on chesed, hands-on dirtying your hands in the nitty-gritty 
as hands-on mitzvahs. I think of the times that I spent in my in my past in high school when I went on this midnight vim volunteering trip for two weeks throughout Israel, where we were able to paint houses, we were able to build with our hands, we were able to do go to soup kitchens. Night times we went to look at different yeshivot, but during the day physically using our hands to help out the world. I further think of my time in yeshiva when we were big kids, big brothers to kids that needed some little assistance, that needed some people that could, they could look up to if they had difficulties in their life. We think of the ideas of food packing. A lot of yeshiva did that in their times in Israel. Such nice ways to actually be involved, hands-on, physically helping the world. I also think of the time my wife and I went a few times delivering Tom Shabbos packages. It was such a wonderful feeling being able to feel like we could help to bring food to others, especially for Yom Tov. And for Shabbos, the way to make the world feel a little lighter, feel a little better, feel a little kinder, in my opinion, feel a little more fixed and feel more humane is through doing things that can get your hands on, to get you be involved in hands-on work. It also doesn't hurt to be involved in being involved in a type of job, in a type of profession that allows us to directly and daily help people, personally help people to be involved in different actions like that. If we can be involved in a job, in a profession that personally helps people, that also can make the world a better place, it's really a win-win and we'll look at that a little bit better and a little bit later. But there is a little bit of an aspect, a little caveat we should think about. Fixing the world is tremendous. We want to jump in. We want to change the world. It's awesome. But before we can do that, before we can tackle the whole earth to make the whole galaxy better, we have to realize whatever talent excuse me, that Hashem gave us, whatever abilities He gave us, we must use it first to make ourselves better. A famous saying, a say, saying I love this quote, is fantastic by Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, pointed out by Safari.org is the idea of this, that we have to look at ourselves first. When Rabbi Yisrael Salanter was a young person, he said, when I was young, when I was a young man, I wanted to change the entire world. I found it was difficult to change the world, so I tried to change my nation. When I found I couldn't change my nation, what then? I began to focus on my town. Maybe I could change my whole town. But then I realized I couldn't even change my whole town. As an older man, I then tried to change my family. But now, as an old, old man, I realized the only thing I could change in this life is myself. Suddenly, I realized that if long ago I could have changed myself, I could have made an impact on my family. Then my family and I could have made an impact on the whole town. Their impact could have changed the entire nation, and I could have indeed changed the entire world. Real change, permanent change, changing the world and everything around us starts with ourselves. We start inner, in ourselves, and then we go outwards, and then we see what we can do, where we could go from there. The famous line in Perkeavos talks about the idea how it is harder to change a trait than to build an entire city. Who is a strong person, Benzoma asks in Dalit Aleph. Someone who is able to change his midos, change his character traits, to fight his inclinations, to fight his yetzaharas, because changing midos, changing ourselves, is a lifelong process. Our whole life could be that we have to fight X, Y, and Z. Building a city can take years, can take months, can take days, whatever type of thing you're building, but building yourself 
that takes full work of an entire lifetime. So you work on yourself, then you well, then it'll affect your spouse, it'll affect your kids, it'll affect your family, it'll affect your friends, and it'll affect your town, then it'll affect the nation, it'll affect the world as a whole. But it all starts with you. When we start with ourselves, we work up from there to change the world, to fix its problems and make it better. We realize we were chosen by Hashem and we were chosen as His nation. We should realize that we were the ones to make the world a better place with using His Torah as a blueprint, using our innate abilities and talents and skills to supplement it. That may indeed be the way to repair the earth. So this week, this week, what we're going to do, we're going to take a journey together. First, we're going to talk about the effect that we have the idea of Tikkun Olam, that we're chosen. Then we're going to talk about the idea of leaders a little bit. We're going to talk on that another time, God willing. Then we're going to talk about the idea of what it means to be a leader, using your skills and using your talents. And then we're going to finish off and bring it all together, God willing. So... First, we're going to talk about what does Tikkun Olam really mean? Mishnah Gittin points out Tikkun Olam means remedying the world through economic, social, and legal injustice to make the world more livable, going beyond the letter of the law. You know, a lot of times we think about halacha, we think about what do we exactly have to do, but there's sometimes there's something called the spirit of the law, there's something called lefnei mishuras hadin, going beyond exactly what is asked for you. So you're asked to give a tenth of tzedakah. You have a little more money, give a ninth of your tzedakah. You can have a lot of money, go more, go more. We're asked to give our time. So you give this person five minutes, go lift name is sure as I didn't give him 10 minutes, give him 15 minutes. When you go beyond, you're helping the world better. You're going above and beyond other pe- for other people, really can help their world and the world in general. And Dafe Shavuot points out also, it's correcting problems that are brought by Jewish law or economic factors, allowing us to repair the world through social justice. Sefer HaChidach points out we are the ones that are chosen by Hashem. We're supposed to be an Am Anivcha, we're supposed to be a Goy Kadosh, and we're supposed to be ones of a kingdom of, of priests. When we talk about chosen, it's chosen to do good, to make the world better through acts that show that we're good. And you see that we rectify the world. This is for Eliezer G. Lakute Maharan points out the world was created for me. Bishvili Nivra Ha'olam, we're supposed to say in one piece of paper, we're supposed to carry it with us. On the other hand, on another piece of paper, we're supposed to say, Ani Afar Ve'efer. Like Avram, Lahavdil, and Moshe, and Aaron said, Ma'ani, what are we? Ma'anachnu, who are we? We have to balance the two ideas that we were brought into the world for a purpose. We are here, we are alive to do something. The world was brought to us to do something. But on the other hand, we can't get haughty about it. We must realize we're just a speck in the timeline of life and in the dust of the entire world. But when we think about what Mishnah Gittin points out, we think about that the Tikkun Olam is also Darachai Shalom, Darachai Darachai Noham. We say every Shabbos, V'chol Nesivosei Shalom. Everything in the Torah is peace. Everything in the Torah is pleasant. If we think about something that sounds harsh, then we just don't really understand what it is. But everything Hashem does is for the best. We've talked about in many lectures. And everything is through peace and wonderful things. So Tikkun Olam, the ability to fix the world, has to be done in a way, and laws that help us make the world a better place. And that's the first point to carry over. We're supposed to do what we can 
to make the world a better, more livable place. The world as it stands now is not perfect. Every person should contribute what they can to make the world a better place. And in philosophies of Judaism, they point out the idea of chosenness of Israel. Hashem chose Israel, chose us because of His love for us. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. We were elected and chosen to make the world a better place, but not just to be make the world better, but to be a light to the nations, as Shemos points out. We are chosen, we use the Shabbos also to show that we don't work on Shabbos. We understand that Hashem made the world. Hashem brought the world together and rested on that day, but we have to be light or la goyim if our actions don't define or la goyim that is a chil hashem you're totally undermining what the whole purpose of our existence is here a kiddush hashem could go so far but chil hashem destroys the perception of jews everywhere around the world when you walk around work like i walk around work wearing a kippah on purpose but when i walk to work i wear a hat because we have to be safe walking in crazy neighborhoods. But when you're walking around work, you're wearing a kippah. Everything you do defines you as an ambassador of the Jewish people. It's not just the guy in the United Nations. It's not just the guy that speaks for Israel, speaks for the Jews and all these peoples and all these Congress and Senate. You yourself are a walking ambassador for Hashem. Hashem chose us. He made you a Jewish person. He could have made you any type of person, but He made you a Jew to stand in the army of Hashem showing the light of our people and our actions. We contribute to make the world a better place. We show what our chosenness is and we show that we can make the world better through using our chosenness, using it to carry out the service of Hashem, as Bamibar points out. We were chosen. He took us out of bondage. He took us out of terrible conditions. This day, all of these lives, even though other religions like to say we're not chosen anymore, that's fallacy, that's false, that's terribleness, and that's not true. We are chosen from the beginning all the way to now, and Hashem keeps us chosen every day in and day out that we are alive, and we have the ability, as his Bani Bechori Rashi points out, we are the chosen one of Hashem, we are his Bechor. The Bechor is supposed to set the example for the other kids. Your oldest kid is the first kid, and everything after that, they look at the first kid. He's the top one. He should be a role model. We should be a role model to everyone else. We are guards. We're guarding the world, and our forefathers guarded us. Hashem chose Eretz Yisrael. Hashem chose us, as Rashi points out in Yeshayahu. We should guard the world as our forefathers guarded us to make sure that the right things are going on in the world to make it a wonderful place. Zavarim points out that we should feel like we are treasures and we bring treasure to the world. You can be chosenness, but chosenness means bringing treasure through all the mitzvos in the world, through all the chesed that we could do, all the wonderful things we could do in this world. And we are chosen because we come from good, true, holy people. We're going to talk about Avram in a little bit. But Hashem chose us starting with Avram as that treasured people, that nation that He finds because He loves us so much because of our actions, cleaving to Hashem. And we'll talk about Levi also in a little bit. Devarim points out He chose us to be His treasure and to be a treasure out of all the people on the face of the earth. There's 7 billion people on earth. Last count, I believe. We each are a minuscule amount. We're 1% of the world population. But look how much the Jewish people have done. How many Nobel Prize winners. How great in technology. How great in innovation. How great in mind philosophy. There's so many Jewish people setting such standards because Hashem made it in such a way. Mark Twain also talks about how the fact of the chosenness of the Jewish people in itself is a miracle. And many philosophers and many historians also point out we have special connection to Hashem and to the world. It's a miracle that we're around through all these years, as Shweki points out in his song. Also, we ourselves are a miracle. 
And we believe, and the Davish Shavuot points out, we have to understand, as the rabbis understand, we have special responsibilities to the world and how we act in the world because we were chosen all the way back from Noah and all the way to Avram a few generations later. From them on, we were chosen to provide the, loud, the groundwork, the seed of the children, the seed of the actions for generations upon generations. Balaturm points out to us, if you look at the translation of the numerical value of the Israel is chosen among the nations, it's the same value value as 613 he created so he created Hashem created the world for the sake of Israel keeping the 613 commandments in my yeshiva there's a famous phrase that says Bishvil Yisrael Nikraratius Bishvil Torah Nikraratius Yisrael and Torah are interconnected and linked both of them are the reason for the continuation of the world the sages point out I believe in the Gemara if there was ever Torah learning stopping anywhere in the entire world, the world would go back to Tohu Vavohu. The Jewish people with the Torah literally keep the world in existence. We know Perkei talks about Shlosha, Omdim, and Shlosha Kaim, three things that keep the world in existence and three things that started the world. Torah, Tefillah, Avodat, Tzedakah, Chesed, main pillars of the world, and we should be doing that. We are beloved by Hashem. Every single one of us, Sifrei Devarim points out, not just the nation as a whole, every single Jew, every single person has the Tzalem Elohim. Every single individual is more loved by Hashem than the rest of the entire world combined. Hashem wants us to realize we're beloved, Targum Yonason points out. We're the only nation Hashem pointed to dwell amongst. Hashem made sure that we're going to minister and we have to do actions that bring Him happiness, Kiviachal, that bring blessing to His name, Kiviachal, that we are the ones He spoke to us, that we keep His mitzvahs and doing it in the right way. We should realize, Benin Halacha points out, that we are unique. And we bring down Hashem's relevance and Hashem's revelation to this world. We bring down holiness in everything we do. That's why we talk about on the shows a lot. Everything we do is supposed to bring spirituality to the mundane. We bring the Kedusha to things that are not Kadosh. We take a little grape juice. What's grape juice? And we make a bracha on it and we elevate it. We say, Berkat HaMazon. We take our meal and we make it like a sacrifice. One who sits at the table. The Mishnah Begavos talks about... And he says, Torah at the table, it's as if he ate from the karbonos to Hashem. Because nowadays we don't have karbonos, we don't have altars. But we have the ability to bring it to the as our, our table. If the table is full of lush and haram, it's as if a person sat there and we're just eating from, God forbid, terrible things. If you do bad things at your table, there's no Torah learning, there's nothing helpful, there's nothing that is good at the table, there's nothing good done at the table, it's not something Hashem is going to be happy about, it's going to frown upon it to say the least but you do Torah at your table you learn at your table, you sing at your table that table is like the altar because we are the unique ones that could bring things to Hashem we want to bring the holiness down to the world in our time on this world another point to carry over is that we are chosen to do mitzvahs we are chosen to spread good to this world we are chosen to bring treasure to the entire world Devar points out that we are the chosen spiritual people. Hashem protects and will never exchange us for anyone else. Go tell that to the other religions. They should know this. And we also have the covenant to be the chosen people from Hashem all the way back to Avram's times in the Brisbane of Basarim. Hashem assures him till the end of time we are going to be the ones that Hashem takes care of. We are the ones that Hashem chose to bring light, to bring goodness to the world. But you have to realize to bring sitkas. You have to realize to bring righteousness, to hate wickedness. Because Hashem chose to anoint us, to, chose to anoint our leaders, Salem points out that we should be happy Hashem chose us, but only if we choose righteousness and good things. Hashem made a bris with us as he continued to tell David Amelach, 
and he exalted us to be chosen as he told to his different servants and of course to Avram and Moshe and Aaron he also chose in every generation he chose his leaders and every generation has the people that have to step up to become the leader which we'll talk about also and even the chieftains of Israel the Nisim were also chosen there were different leaders that were chosen as each of us were chosen to be in this world to bring good things into the world we should realize our integrity should be that we are chosen to bring good to the world. We shouldn't get haughty. We shouldn't get arrogant because Hashem chose us. We should be humble that Hashem chose us. We have such an awesome mission. There should be awe involved in our beliefs and in our actions. Oh my gosh, we have such a responsibility to the world. Not a haughtiness, God forbid. Bracious points out even the idea of Shimshon was known way back from the time of Yaakov when he was going through the brachos of my favorite parsha, my bar mitzvah parsha Vayechi. He talks about how Shimshon's going to come about. He's going to be in his generation, the leader in his generation. Hashem chooses in every generation. We talk about it in the Haggadah just a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, we had Pesach. We talk about Baruch HaMakom Baruch Hu. Hashem sanctified us and chose us from all the people. He gave us a special language with special distinctments of His commandments. The commandments are like badges of honor. We have the ability to do mitzvot, to sanctify us, to make us different among all the people, to make us special among all the people, to make us holier than the people around us, to bring the holiness down. And we have the ability to bring happiness and joy. And every day we say... The bracha, Baruch Hashem Elokeinu Melech Olam, Asher Bachar Banu Mikol Amim, and Asan Lanu is Torah. So, Baruch Hashem Elokeinu Torah, you chose us and you gave us the Torah. What a beautiful privilege! What a beautiful understanding! A beautiful opportunity to bring greatness to the world. We should realize we're always chosen by Hashem as a single entity, pointed out by the Aramaic Targum to song to Shir Shirim, and in brachos and to Hillam that we should fill ourselves with joyous song. That we realize we're his treasured possession, pointed out by Tehillim. We realize that we are from Avraham. We realize that we are going to be here forever long, forevermore. And we should use our time to the best way possible to bring goodness to the world, to repair the fractures in the world, also pointed out by Yeshaya. This brings us to another point to carry over. Hashem not only chose us as his nation, but specifically our patriarchs and our leaders to do His will and to lead others in the service of Hashem, to brighten the world. Through the Torah, we are sanctified. We are made kadosh. And we sanctify, mekadosh, the things around us. Even taking something as simple as a Mike and Ike, something as simple as a cup of water, we elevate it, we sanctify it, as we mentioned before, by saying the brachos. And we think about the kings throughout the times, so how each of them had their own role to play to make the world better. David Amelach came... Will, made all his wars, brought the materials to set up the base of Megdosh, pointed out Malachim Aleph. And then Shlomo took over for what David started, a time of peace, to make the beautiful times of peace during his life, to bring the whole world together. It was such Kedusha, such unity during the time of Shlomo. And he chose that site, the base of Bechira, Har Hamoria, to set up the base of Megdosh. What a beautiful, beautiful place, a beautiful house Hashem has, and He chose it. Devarayama points out that He's there forever. The Gemara has a debate if the Kedusha was only there at the time of Beis Migdash or forevermore. Many people say that the Kedusha is there forever, even without the Beis Migdash. The site itself is so, so holy, we can't even go stand on it. We can't even go there. We can't step there because there's so much Kedusha. Hashem chose that site forever. We should be Zoha to see the third Beis Migdash speedily in our days in that spot. Hopefully that'll come soon. We think about, Ervin points out the idea, every day we bring our tefillin. How many times were we stopped in the airport back in the times when we were allowed to take flights 
and we were stopped and asked about our tefillin. How crazy it looks to other people what this is. But if we realize it is a way to sanctify our Hashem's through Hashem, it's our way to bind ourselves to Hashem for the men who use the tefillin. Of course, women have their own way to connect to Hashem. But using the tefillin, I will bind myself to you forever. I will bind myself but with righteousness, with judgment. And we say that every day because when we take the phylacteries, we take the film, we show that we are the chosen people of Hashem. What do the Psukim say? It talks about the different Psukim showing how we are the Bani Bechori, how we are full of Kedusha, how we're supposed to bring great things to the world. It's a sign of our status of chosen people. Hashem always chose us and always chose Israel, always chose Eretz Yisrael and chose Siyam and always chose Yerushalayim and the Beit HaMikdash, it's always there. Hashem is always dwelling amongst us, we just have to find Him. We realize that Hashem always is dwelling amongst us. Why does it say, A very famous Tvar Torah, two-second two Tvar Torah, you can always explain. Why does it say, Because when the Mishkan is not here, we bring Hashem into us. We become the vessel. We become the Mikdash, the Mishkan for Hashem. Mikdash, you make for me a Mikdash, but then I will dwell in you. I can be inside you. We carry Hashem everywhere we go. Hashem is with us wherever we go. That's why we say, even if we go into terrible situations, we should never know from such things. But we say, the famous phrase, I believe from Tehillim, because Hashem is with us, Hashem always will be with us. We take Hashem wherever we go. Hashem chose us and we chose Him. Hashem resides with us, as the Bartonora points out. And the Mechot Rabbi Shmuel points out, Hashem chose each aspect, land of Israel, and then Jerusalem, and then the temple, and then He chose the leaders, and then David, every single choice He made, that's not negotiable. Now it's the holiness, that's the place Hashem wants us to be, that's the place where Hashem manifests Himself, and with the leaders He chooses to manifest, to bring glory to the world. But each of us can rise up to be our own leader in our own ways, which we'll talk about in a minute. That brings us to another point to carry over. Hashem not only chose us as His nation to bring glory to the world, but chose the land of Israel as His land to dwell within, where we should all in Hashem live. Bim Harvey Amen speedily in our days, we shall be Zelcha to live there soon, especially with the coming of Mashiach and the building of the third Beit HaMikdash, as well as the temple, the Beit HaMikdash, to be His house, His bias of light for the world. And I always love how the, the sources bring out in Shabbos, the idea of Avraham's name. We talked about names in a previous lecture, but look at what it says here. I made you, why does it say Avhamon Goyim? I made you a father of different things. I made you a father of nations. I made you chosen among the nations. I made you beloved among the nations. You could only be beloved among the nations if you do things that make them worthy of loving you as the nation. You should be an ambassador and a prince doing things that are Kiddushim Hashem, Kiddush Hashem's. We should do things that bring wonderful things. We don't want them to look at the Jewish people and say, Ach, we, God forbid. We want them to look at the Jewish people and say, Wow, that is a beautiful, wonderful people. That's how we could be beloved among the nations. I made you a king of the nations, only a king to lead people to do good. I've made you distinguished for the nations, only dis uh, hopefully distinguished in morals and conscience and beautiful standards and beautiful ideals. And I made you trusted for the nations. We should feel trusted that they trust us to lead the world to do good things. We know that Avram was selected the first one. Avram was the one that led the chosen ones throughout the generations. He was chosen from the 70 nations. Why was Avraham chosen? Why was he the one that was depicted as the first Av? Bamidah Rabbah and Medrash Chanchum points out 
He was chosen because he led his children and his household after him, keeping the ways of Hashem. He was the first one to recognize Hashem. It was very common for polytheism to be around many gods and, and worshipping idols. We should never know from such things. Crazy times. Avram was the first one. He was the Ivri because he stood Aver opposite everyone else. The whole world was on one side of the river, Kaviachal, and Avram was on the other side. So Avram Ivri, he was the one to distinguish himself to be called Ivri because he was opposite. He was against. He was the other side of the river of life. So we descend from Avram being the first one that led everyone after him in righteousness, keeping the ways of Hashem. Legends of the Jews points out Avram himself devoted himself in his task, his chosen task of recognizing Hashem bringing down his effects to the world through his teaching and his mitzvos. That's why we come from Avraham. We should realize the point to carry over. Hashem chose Avraham as the first one of our people, as he was the first to recognize Hashem, to bring his effect down to the world through teachings and mitzvos. Picker de Rabbi Lazar points out, like we said before, we should feel like we're angels on earth. We should feel like we were entrusted with the Torah. Moshe has a whole argument. The sages explain, the commentaries explain with the angels why the Torah doesn't stand with real angels, but stays with the human beings who could perfect themselves to be like angels because the actions, the laws, the ideals of the Torah aren't applicable to real angels. They're applicable to human beings. Can an angel honor their father and mother? Can an angel worry about killing another person? Can an angel worry about keeping Shabbos? No, it applies to the humans. We should be like the angels on earth as much as we can because Israel are the ambassadors, the Jewish people have to observe Shabbos as our treaty with Hashem and do all the things we can to bring the wonderful holiness to the world. We think about the Levites, we think about the priests, we think about the Kohanim Levim. They were the ones chosen, pointed out here by the legends of the Jews, to do the service of the children in the tabernacle, to sing to Hashem and to do all the different elements of the actions of the Mishkan and the Beis HaMikdash. Zvachim points out they were the ones that stand and minister to Hashem. That was their job. That's how they made the world a better place. That's the way that they fixed the world. The Machser points out we talk about Aaron and his sons. They came from the tribe of Levi. The Kaluna came from Aaron and then Pinchas. And the Levim had this distinct task of singing and involved in all the different rituals as well as the Kohanim. They were the ones chosen for the service pointed out by Sefer HaChinuch. That's how they were holy to Hashem. That's how they had their connection to Hashem. They were sanctified in place of the firstborn, pointed out by Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, chosen to perform the service for Hashem. That's our next point to carry over. Hashem chose the Levim, chose the Kohanim as a special sect to minister to Him as their mission, as their purpose to be spiritual mentors to the people. We each have a purpose. We each have signs. We each have skills and talents. And we're going to talk about how we could try to figure out how to use them. Think about this fantastic source. This source I heard a long time ago. And I thought how it's, it's such a crazy idea. How you could have a tendency towards something. You can have an inclination towards something. But you could use it for good. Or you could use it for bad. Think about Lahavdil Asav versus David. Why is there a comparison between Asav and David? The immediate thing that comes to mind is because they were both described as red in some way. They were ruddy in some way. Sifse Chachama points out, Rashi talks about a sign he'll be a murderer. They already knew when Esau came out he was fully red, fully hairy. They knew trouble was brewing. They knew something wasn't right about him. Why was he reddish? To understand that he was hairy. That's his name, Esau. But it's also written about David HaMelech, the great David, that he was reddish. But in Shmuel Aleph, it also points out, the sages point out, it's different by David. Why? 
Because then it says he had a naim yafot. He had beautiful eyes. And what does that mean? It's metaphorical to explain that David only did bloodshed, only did war, only did things like this under the directives of the Sanhedrin, who are called Enaim Laeda. They're called the eyes of the congregation. So David had this inclination, had this tendency, this leaning towards needing to use his talents, his skills as a warrior, but he did it by the dictates of the Torah. He did it by the dictates of Sanhedrin. The Shnei Luchot also points out Esav and David were described as Admoni. Edom is Esav, but David is described as Admoni Vitovroi because he absorbed the pollutants of the original serpent. This is Esav, and he made blood, the symbol of death. He did blood, he did, he did killing other people, murder just for the sport of it. He took this pollutant in order to destroy the world. But David is descended from Peretz. Peretz broke through. What did he broke through? He broke through the forces of the serpent, the forces of the Nachash, of the snake. David was an outstanding Torah scholar. He knew how to do the honor of Hashem. He knew how to take revenge in the manner of a serpent, but through the eyes of the Sanhedrin, through the eyes of the Bezin, doing it in the right way. Which brings us to the idea that we can have a certain trait we can have a certain tendency, a certain talent to use in this world. We have certain tendencies that are inborn in our world, but they should be used to do good and to bring light, specifically executed through the performance of mitzvot. This source right now is not to be taken at face value. A lot of the Gemara, Agadatum, the stories and the metaphors and the life lessons sometimes are face value. Nobody should get insulted. It's just a Gemara explaining that people can have tendencies towards this thing based on the day that they're born based on the hour that they're born. It's just a fascinating exposition to look into how the Gemara explains how your surroundings Hashem makes for you can influence you. There are different things, effects of our natures and abilities by the day that we're born and the hour of the day. It was written in Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi's notebook. If you're born on the first day of the week, Sunday, could be a person who will be a person but not be one in him. Gemara goes on to explain that he might be a leader. He could use it for good to be a leader of like a shul, a leader of a congregation, a leader of Hashem's army, or he could use it for bad, God forbid, to be a leader of a gang of thieves. That's Sunday. Monday, someone born on Monday will be a short-tempered person. The Gemara explains, of course, he could use it to be kinnah for Hashem, like Eliyahu and Pinchas, or bad kinnah, bad jealousy. Someone born on the third day of the week will be a rich man, of course, use it for good. Someone born on the fourth day of the week will be wise and enlightened, use it to educate others, use it to be a mentor to others. The fifth day of the week, is someone who will be a person who performs acts of kindness. Of course, use it to make the world a better place. If you're born on the sixth day of the week, he will be a seeker of mitzvahs. Born on Shabbat, they say will die on Shabbos, but they should be 120 years on this earth, and they're also called a person that has great sanctity, doing great things in the world. And Rabbi Hanina points out, look at the hour that determines the nature of a person. Under the sun will be someone who is radiant. Make sure to use that radiance to influence others for good. Under Venus, he'll be rich. Under Mercury, use it for good, obviously. Be enlightened and expert man. Use that expertness to help everyone around you. Born under the influence of the moon will be someone who may suffer pain, but builds and destroys and destroys and builds. Make sure destroying bad ideals and building up good ideals. Destroying churches, maybe, and building synagogues. You can always take these tendencies and use it for good. Destroy on Almanas to do good. Someone born under Saturn will be someone whose thoughts are for naught. They say other things about him and plan to do him is for naught. Obviously, you should have good thoughts and use the thoughts for good, but if you ever have a thought that might not be 100% great, just throw it away and make sure it's thoughtless and goes away. Somebody born under Jupiter will be a just person, Sadkan, and my favorite one 
that is a classic example of what you could do for good or bad. Somebody born under the influence of Mars will be one who spills blood. Rav Ashi says, look at this, he will be either a bloodletter, a thief, a slaughter of animals, or a circumciser. Is that fascinating? Someone who has a tendency, for some reason, Hashem put it in him that he has this need, he has to get out this vengeance, he has to get out this rage, he has to get out this need to to do this. He has this, uh, he has this influence to spill blood. He should only do it for good. The brismila, the blood of the brismila, the blood of being a shelchet. So you have this wild tendency, but you could channel it to really good things. God forbid, like a Asaph who uses it to kill people for no reason, but then be like a devil who uses it to get revenge on Hashem's enemies used by the Bez in the Sanhedrin, or using it for good things like the bris mila or the shelchet. If you have jealousy, Kohelis points out the footnotes, you could be ge- jealous and zealous for Hashem, just like Eliyahu and Pinchas we talked about a lot in one of our previous lectures. You could use jealousy for a great skill, or you could use it for a bad skill, for thievery, God forbid. You could use it for scholarship, and you could use it for philanthropy. You could be so zealous for Hashem's sake that you want to get as much money as you can for an institution, or you can be so zealous for the wrong person. I wish I had the Rolls Royce my neighbor has. I wish I had the mansion my neighbor down the block has. Hakol Havel, after 120 years, none of that matters. We always talk about you come into the world with clenched fists. You want to grab everything you can. We leave the world with open fists. You don't take anything with you. The only thing you take with you is chesed, Torah, mitzvot, and keter shemtov, the good name, the good deeds you could do for yourself. That comes with you. So use your, use your jealousy if you have it for good. The point to carry over is Hashem influences our nature and our abilities, determining us to be born in a certain day and a certain time, with inherent abilities that can be used for good or bad, but of course, should and must be used only for good. Yeshua points out that in Sifri Devarim, they talk about how Yeshua told, chose, told, excuse me, told the people, even though Hashem chose you, you chose Hashem, make sure you follow the right path in serving Hashem. And they said that they're witnesses and realizing we could be chosen to be a king. We could be chosen for kingship, as moral qualities and Orchat can point out. But we have to realize it has to have good qualities. It has to have traits in our qualities and our attributes. The best one being the quality of modesty. That's the best one to be a precious soul. We know the best thing that Moshe has re- explained as having was that he was humble, the most humble face on the whole planet. And he was an Evad Hashem, was the main description, because he was so humble, that's the only thing he probably wanted written about. And modesty is the best. If you were selected for a role, you were selected to be a leader, make sure you keep yourself modest, make sure you use your modesty, you use your traits in the right way. He was chosen out of all the creatures because of his wisdom and his many deeds, but make sure not to let it get to your head. Orchot Sadiqan points out you might have been chosen because of great attributes, great qualities, but make sure it doesn't get up to your head. We'll talk about that again in a minute. Hashem chose us, the point is, to be on this earth, each of us, to bring something special to it. If you didn't have something special, you would not, by definition, in my opinion, humble, be on this earth. If you're here, you still have what to do, you still have what to accomplish, you still have what to do to change the world, to make the world better, to fix the world. But we have to remember, the Kavayasha points out, that we must use our hands for good purposes and not the opposite. God forbid, chas v'shalom, chas v'chalila, it should only be used to bring good things to the world. Shneri Luchot points out, that Moshe's role was to bring the Torah to the Jewish people. That was his mission. 
we think about the idea that we each have a relationship with Hashem, that He wants us to do something in the world. Shnei Lochot also points out we should realize it's an intimate relationship with Hashem, a personal relationship with Hashem. Hashem will show us where to go. Hashem will bring us where we want to go. Point being, we must each realize we have special ways to influence the world using our passions and our talents. And I want to diverge for a second to one of my favorite phrases in the whole Talmud. The Talmud of Makos points out, Amarabba Barav Huna. Amarav Huna, we used the source before. V'amrile Amarav Huna, Amarav Lazar. Min Torah, Min Aviyam Miksuvim. From the whole Tanakh, we could point out, B'derach Sha'adam Rotsa Lelech B'molichin Oto. Hashem leads people on paths. The Gemara points out that these sages explain from the whole Tanakh we can learn out that on the path a person wishes to proceed, Hashem will lead and assist him. If you want to do something, you want to innovate something, you want to create something, you want to go on lo- along a certain path, Hashem will let you go on that path. You want to use it for bad, God forbid? You want to find bad people, bad influences? Hashem is going to let you do it. Hakol bidei shemayim chutz shemayim. Hashem preordains everything except for choosing mitzvahs and choosing averos. Bechar bahem. Bechar to bachayim. Hashem tells us we choose that. The path we choose is up to us, but Hashem will lead us on the path that you want to choose. Make sure it's a good one. The Davish Shuvua points out, Reish Lakish says, Hashem will help that person follow the path they have chosen. God forbid you chose to choose the dark side, and we're not talking the dark side of Star Wars, Lahavdil, Lahavdil, even though that's not a great side either. If you choose a dark side, such as Avodah Zarah, idolatry, God forbid, they are provided with the help, lo aleinu chas v'shalom, to help to continue down that path. So imagine if you choose a good path, what Hashem will do for you. Ramban points out, only cling to Hashem at all times, following the path Hashem chose for you. Following a path you chose that Hashem is guiding for you. If you have an idea, you could use it through Torah, you could use it through mitzvahs, you could use it through chesed, Hashem will lead you through it. That's why I talk about all the times I realized a long time ago I wanted to do something with radio, something with audio. I had a predisposition to it in my college years, but I used it for Hevel, I used it for Narshkeit, for ridiculousness, for, for stupidity, excuse my French, back in the college days. But then Hashem led me figuring out how to use it for a better purpose, using it for Shiurim, using it for OT stuff, using it for Daf and Parsha and Perkei Avos and the BTL. There's, there are ways of taking any skill, any talent, any ability, not to say I'm talented, definitely not, but any idea you may have, and He'll let you use it down the right path. You just have to go down the path. Hashem will lead you. He'll take your hand down that way. Ramban points out that it has to be the chosen path, the right path. Torah Aruch points out Hashem communicates with you, will reveal your secret to Him. You have the idea. Hashem will put ideas in your head. Hashem will give you the right words. Hashem will tell you how to talk. Hashem will tell you how to write. Hashem will tell you how to paint if any of these are your abilities or your skills. If you find your passion, and the Kedush HaSlevi points out, you find your passion, you find the chosen path, and you will be able to serve Hashem with a sincere heart. You have to find the right path, serve Hashem to the best of your ability using that path. So the point being, if you find your passion and you use it, Hashem will help you along the way. Make sure it is the right path, make sure it is the right way. Shnei also points out there are leaders in every generation. Hashem pictured and pointed out different people who will rise to greatness. Every generation will make sure that it has its leaders, will make sure it will have its people to guide the way. You think about how we had Rav Moshe Feinstein, how we have all these people, Rav Nevenzal, all these people throughout the generations. You go back many generations, the Rambam, the Ramban. These people were destined for greatness from Hashem, but we each can be destined for greatness. We have to live up to our potential. One of the scariest questions after... Our life of 120 years, we should be Zoha, is were we able to live up to our names? Were we the best 
Nasa Mordechai, for example, my name, that you could have been. I'm not going to ask you if you were like Yankel. I'm not going to ask you, Hashem says, if you were like Shmerel, but were you the best Reb T you could have been? Were you the best Jake you could have been? Were you the best Sammy? Were you the best whatever your name is? Could you have been the best you could have been? That's what we have to see. You have to go down and be your own leader. Pirkei Elvis points out, make yourself a leader. One of my favorite phrases in all of Pirkei Elvis. In a place there was no man, you strive to be the man. If there's no one that has your innovation, there's no one that has your idea, take it and run with it. You have an idea for a podcast, do it. You have an idea for a book, do it. No one else is going to do it. You have an idea for an amazing painting, make sure you do it. Maybe that's why you're here. Set aside yourself. Follow whatever you could do. Sarah Yochevin Riegler, I believe, explains one of my favorite phrases I tell my wife all the time. If you had unlimited time in the world, you could follow your passion and your love. You didn't have to worry about money. What would you do? What do you love most in this world that you could connect to Torah? You could connect to Hashem. You could connect to this world. If you have a love, a propensity for trains, why are you working in Merrill Lynch? If you have a propensity for writing books, why are you teaching Statistics in college, for example, crazy examples, but you have to follow where your heart is, follow your passion, follow your love, and Hashem will take you. Rikutiram Maharan, Lukutiram Maharan, also for Eliezer G. The Rebbe points out you have to find the upright path to follow in serving Hashem, proceed to conduct yourself in those ways, and then it'll become the path you chose for yourself. Go along that path. The chosen one man and God points out is brought near to Hashem. One is brought near to Him by being chosen. Once you find your path, you are chosen and you'll figure out how to do it. You'll be holy through using your own mission and become closer to Him. We realize that we as Israel, as one people, we have been chosen as a special task for Hashem's plan in history. Our unity is connected. Our destiny is connected. We have our place as the Jewish people. And within the Jewish people, we have so many talents that we should use. We have responsibility towards our nation, towards the world, to make it a better place. The point being, we should follow in the path of Hashem, doing mitzvahs with our special abilities. Stand up, become the chosen one. Become the leader. Become the innovator when no one else will or no one else does. The Dostokana points out that Hashem chose Moshe and Aaron, even though Moshe felt Aaron was greater than him in speaking ability, Hashem knew Moshe was the one to be chosen, and Aaron rejoiced over Moshe being chosen because he knew that. The Shoham stones are a source over here, Radak points out, they were chosen because they were precious stones. We should realize each of us are precious stones. The gemstone was pure, so pure, had no flaws or discoloration. We're given a tabla rusa, the, the non-Jewish sources explain, and we know it's explained as a, as a neshama, a, a neshama, a satabi tahorahi, a pure soul. We're given by Hashem that we have the opportunity in this life to do great things. There's a big divide. People think that everyone is black and white. People think that we're either good or all bad, but that's not true. We should realize, we shouldn't think we are people who are evil that do good, that we're black souls that have some white. We should think that we're all basically good people, white neshamas that have a lot of black spots, that have a lot of bad things. We're inherently good people that tend to do bad things, that might do terrible things sometimes, but we can do tshuva and we can go about that. That's why it doesn't make sense why people get so crazy, so hateful towards one another. The Al-Khayt say on Yom Kippur, it always states when the article points out, we make the terrible mistake of hating people rather than disagreeing on their actions. We shouldn't even hate to begin with. You shouldn't hate your brother in your heart, the Torah points out. Hatred is useless. Sinar Chinam is what destroyed the temple. 
We destroyed the base of Mingdash. The way to rebuild the base of Mingdash is Ahavad Chinam. If we loved everyone, we understood everyone, we disagreed about viewpoints, but didn't hate other people, the world would be a much better place. Remember, realize the point to remember, we too should realize we were chosen by Hashem to be in the world, to make the world a better place, more pure, more holy. We came with a pure, blank, pristine neshama. Each sin sullies and dirties our neshama, but as much as we can, we should bring the light to our neshamas and the light to the world. Cheskuni points out, think about the vocations that people have, the jobs that people have in the Torah. It's not just because they wanted to do X or Y. Not everyone could be a farmer, but everyone has talents and used it because they had to find ways to make a parnasa and use their talents. When we perform the commandments, Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar points out, we realize we're loyal to Hashem, we perform the commandments, hopefully using it in our proper ways and our proper talents. Forna points out, he chose you to command, to use the commandments. No one else has these commandments. They only have Shavu Mitzvah and Och, the, the non-Jews. But we have so many ones, so many to, to lead us in the right ways. If you work in business, you have a whole Chosh and Mishpat. If you're a rabbi, you have to deal with all of them, excuse me, on a constant basis. And you work in law, you work in this, you work in that. You have all these different elements of Jewish law to help you feel how to utilize your talents. Penina Halacha points out in many different places that we have to use our ambitions and realize that we are here to do good. And even our enemies know they want to kill every one of us because they cannot stand what we stand for. We bring redemption to the world. We bring light to the world. We bring good to the world. That's our unique mission and destiny. And people realize that the non-Jews persecute us because they don't accept our yardsticks, our religious yardsticks, the Orachim points out. They don't accept our mission and our conscience and our morals. That's the real reason for anti-Semitism as a side point. The morality and conscience we bring to this world is what the non-Jews cannot stand. It's what Yamach Shemo in World War II couldn't stand out. In his own book, it was pointed out to me many years ago, I think in a, in a shmuz in yeshiva, he talks about in his terrible book, circumcision of the flesh and the soul are two things he could not stand to see from the Jew. We bring morality and conscience to the world, and the non-Jews cannot stand it. If you do not live by the Torah, you do not live by Hashem, anything can become acceptable. Even marrying yourself, even marrying craziness and animals and the like. I don't want to go into craziness, but there's reasons why the Torah mentions so many things because without Hashem, without the Torah, there is no morality, there's no proper yardstick. Think about the idea of different people in Tanakh that use their skills and their abilities and their talents, even Hiram of Tyre. He came and he built for Shlomo because he was very talented working with bronze. Melchamal points out he was very skillful. The antiquities of the Jews points out that's why he came to Shlomo. A person who has a special talent for teaching should use it and teach. He shouldn't withhold it from his students. Avos Rabbeinu Natan points out. Rashbam points out, he gives you talents. Hashem gives you the talents to carry out your work. Chol chacham leiv. Use your chacham leiv for where you're supposed to. Shemos points out, but Saul, Alil, were so young, yet they were so talented, Hashem let them lead the whole Mishkan because they had such good skill, such ability, and such knowledge in all their crafts to do great things. Kedas Yitzchak points out that these artisans had such skill, such abilities, Hashem had them lead with their wisdom and their skill. Even Aaron has such amazing ability to bring husband and wife together, to bring friend and foe together, to bring shalom and peace to everyone around him. Mishnah Avos points out that he is the paradigm Hillel talks about Mima Talmidov Shal Aharon Oiv Shal Narodiv Shalom Oiv at the Brilliant Merkavan Torah. Be like Aaron, loving peace, pursuing peace, because he was talented to bring people together. You have your talents, you have your skills, you have abilities, use them, the unique ones to each of us, to make the world a better place. 
The guide for the perplexed, Rambam points out more in Nebuchadnezzar, some people are very able, some are weak in counsel, some have very good counsel, some are very intelligent, some are very clear-sighted, some have great ideas, some have not great ideas. Everyone has their ability. Someone could be a good orator, someone could have really good idea in science, someone that could not. Everyone has different talents, different abilities, someone could be wise in art, someone could be wise streetwise, someone could be very talented handy, I am not. For example, someone could be very handy, someone could be book smart, someone could be street smart, everyone has different skills, abilities they must use to make the world a better place. Beauty and talent was the gift that was given to David, also pointed out by legends of the Jews. Rabbeinu Bachir points out also a great example of someone who's really good at calligraphy. Are you going to waste your time making wedding invitations for non-Jews? Or are you going to use it to make wedding invitations for Jewish couples? Or using your skill to make a Torah, to make the tefillin? If this guy has such an ability to do calligraphy, why is he using his talent borderlining the, the symbol, the monogram for these non-Jewish weddings, for these non-Jewish companies. Use that talent pointed out for Torah schools. Use it for sacred tests. Write tefillin, write mezuzos. That is your duty to make the world a better place. That is your skill. Hashem doesn't give you a talent to deny your fear of Hashem. Hashem doesn't give you a talent, a kid who points out, to use it in the wrong ways. Discern, the perplexity of the generation points out, discern what your ability is to use for your group, for our nation, and for the world as a whole, because other people don't have that ability. Don't think about yourself, think about the world at large. What could they benefit from your talent, from your skill? What do you have that no one else has? Your talents are innate, but they're also acquired. Nobody comes from the womb playing Beethoven symphony, his ninth symphony. Nobody comes from the wound giving a beautiful lecture for 400 minutes without working on it. You have the innate ability, but you also have to nurture it. That's what the contemporary halacha problem talks about. It's acquired and it's innate. They come together. You have to work at it, even though it must be there to begin with. So the point is not only should we use our talents and skills, but fine-tune them, study and practice them in the best way possible. Even a rabbi needs to have so many talents pointed out by the contemporary halacha problems. Tact, dignity, warmth, vision, so many things. Even on the festivals, Panina Halacha points out, we must use them for the right way to study Torah and study what we could do to make ourselves and the world better, not just eat, drink, and, and sleep it away. Make sure to focus on whatever talent you have, whether it be Tanakh, Mishnah, Gemara. I myself love Pirkei Elvis, I love Navi, so those are things that I'm drawn to and I look at a lot. If you have a propensity for Mishnah, check out the Mishnah. Penina Halacha also points out, if you're able to lead the service, you have a beautiful voice, but you don't do it, you're lacking in the Kavot Shemayim. If Hashem gives you a talent for a beautiful voice, you need to use that talent. Don't decline going up to the lectern and singing for the congregation. Use our talents and use our skills, otherwise it goes to waste and it's such a shame, a missed opportunity. Somebody who is a doctor, someone who's a lawyer, you have to be very careful because you're guiding people, but it's so easy. People trust in your skill. They trust in your abilities. Don't be overconfident. Don't do anything neglectful. You have such a power in helping others. On the other hand, don't think you have the power and nothing else. The, the fallacy, we talked about this another time, there's a terrible mindset. Don't think it's only you, my skill set, my talents. I did it, no one else. You can't think, Shari Tshuva points out, by the might of my hand I did it and nothing else. You cannot trust in your own wisdom or abilities, duties of the heart, Chovos Avavos points out. You must understand that it all comes from Hashem. It doesn't mean you deny that you're talented, you deny that you're unique, but you understand that it all comes from Hashem. That's the beauty of, of Moshe Rabbeinu. He knew he was so ability to lead, but that's why he was so humble, because he was dedicated and directed by Hashem. But remember not to be deluded into thinking it's your own skill and talent. Remember it all comes from Hashem. If your vocation, Sforno points out, is with books, what are you doing being a warrior? If you're a really good writer, you shouldn't be on the battlefield. 
Rashi explains, find the skill to earn a livelihood. That's the best thing. Using your skill as a livelihood is a real win-win. If you have the ability to be an artist, but you don't teach others, you don't train others, also, it's wasting a talent. Rabbeinu Bachir points out, use your specific skill. Just as a Jewish servant should be a task, given a task that he's really familiar. Every nation has their abilities, their aspects that are unique that they should use. And everyone in our nation has their particular talents. Finding that talent, clarifying is the first step. Utilize your talent and skill as your job. It's a double win. Make sure to use it for your right skill set. Don't be teaching math if you're really bad at math. Don't teach English if you're really good at math. Recognize your ability. Recognize what you can. Awaken and gird your strength to help fix the world, to use your talent, use your strength, use your purpose through doing mitzvahs and Torah, as Mamar Mezaka Rabban explains. Rabbeinu Bachir points out you have a skill in, in doing brismillas. That's what you should be doing. You should be a mohel. You shouldn't be cutting paper. You should do things that you're supposed to. Lukuti Maran, again for Eliezer G, shouting you out. The sage who teaches Torah must possess the skill. So if someone listens, understands what he's being taught, what, he, what he's being given. Uman, the idea of a craft, Hor Arach points out, you have a special skill. Use it for others and teach others to use the skill if they don't have that skill. And Yosef himself, Yosef Atanik, had a wonderful skill set for the dreams and the cupbearer realized that he had to come to him and the baker also and when they came before Paro the one that lasted he showed Paro that he had this unique skill nobody else had it he had to use it and he saved the entire society because of that skill that came from Hashem we must realize you have the intentions use the things to the best of your ability remember your skills and talents are from Hashem and require practice and fine tuning so we just want to wrap up the points we're supposed to do what we can to make the world a better more livable place Hashem chose us as his people and each of us as his individuals to uplift the world we're chosen to do mitzvahs and spread good treasure to the world. Hashem chose us as our nation to give us patriarchs and leaders to do our will and to do His will to lead those in the service of Hashem to brighten the world. The Torah gives us sanctity to those around us and to everything around us. Hashem chose us as His nation to bring glory to the world. Chose the land of Israel and His land to dwell where we should live and His temple is based on me. That should be His house. We should see it speedily in our days. Hashem chose Avram, the first one of the people, to recognize Hashem, to bring down the effect throughout the generations. Hashem chose the Levim Kohanim as His special spiritual mentors, but gave us inborn traits and tendencies to use in the world to make the world better through mitzvos and through chesed. Hashem influences our nature, our abilities to make us born in a certain day and time with inherent abilities that should be used only for good. Hashem chose each of us to be on this earth to be special to it, to bring to it specialness. We must realize we have special ways to influence the world using our passions and talents. If you find your passion, use it. Hashem will help you along the way. Make sure it's the right way. Follow in the path of Hashem with special abilities to do mitzvah. Stand up and be the leader, the chosen one, the innovator, when no one else will or no one else does. We realize we were chosen by Hashem to make the world more pure. We came with that pure soul. Try to keep that pure soul around us and make the world more pure. Remember, everybody hates us because of our morality and conscience. But the more we bring, the more we choose to make goodness in the world, everyone will realize the world will be a better place. We're given certain talents, skills, and abilities unique to each of us. Use them to help the world. Use our talents and skills and fine-tune them, practice them, study them, to use them in the best way possible. Use our talents and skills. If not, it goes to waste and is truly a missed opportunity. But remember, it's not your own skills and talents. It all comes from Hashem. Utilize all your skills as you can as a professional would be fantastic. Make sure it's the right job for your skill set. Remember, 
everything comes from Hashem. Practice and fine-tune your talents. And in this way, we should be Zochem to help fix the world, repair the world with using our talent, skills, and abilities. We should all be Zochem to find our passion, skills, and abilities and make the world a better place little by little every single day. Thank you so much for joining us. God willing, we'll see you back in two weeks, 8.30, next time on the bi-weekly lecture with Reb T.